and set us up the logic bomb. It's Snescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo library with a few pit stops along the way. We play them briefly, we judge them harshly, we rank them. That is pretty much all you need to know. I am Steampunk Link. I am ME Zero, and I gotta say, I'm I'm impressed that you went for uh, the, a quality ancient meme instead of a Mortal Kombat reference for the intro. That was that was good. As we're going to discuss later, uh, <laughs> I think like we're going to go heavier into Mortal Kombat in a future episode because, uh, yep. uh, spoiler alert, folks, I'm not sure this game deserves it. <laughs> yeah, uh, for a couple of different reasons. Uh, yeah, that this is not prime time for, for the MK series, uh, especially for this show. So, yeah, uh, that makes sense to me, but... Um, uh, right out the gate, what do we what do we have to discuss today as we continue on through September 1993? Well, uh, today we have got um, PTO, paid time off. Uh, no, it's... Uh, I wish. Yeah, right? Pacific Theater of Operations from Koei. Um, yeah, uh, don't get too comfortable there, Koei. Uh, we've also got Mortal Kombat for the Super Nintendo by Midway. We've got... Operation Logic Bomb from Jalico. Good old Jalico making it happen again. If you if you've heard of the game, you've probably it's probably because it ended up on uh, the Nintendo Switch Online thing. Uh, at which point you played it because you had never heard of it before. So, yeah. Yes, uh, whoever whoever owns Jalico's properties now apparently are just like, yes, please Nintendo, take them please all. Please put them anywhere you want. Yeah, <laughs> take my IP, please. <laughs> uh, but first, I I think uh, before we get to any of that, I think we do need to spend a little bit of time talking about. PTO, Pacific Theater of Operations, and the the whole Koei thing in general. Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap. Folks. Turns turns your chair around, sits backwards on it, leans over. Hey kids, let's talk about Koei. So sometimes, you know. A video game company, their their output, it just doesn't work out for you personally. It doesn't mean that they're bad games. It just means that they're not for us at all. And uh, sometimes that just means, well, you know, you're just going to have to get rid of them. You're just going to have to have them put down. There's no, nothing we can do about it. Anyway, uh, th this is PTO. It comes to us from Koei. It's about World War II. And I... I got through some menus, which might be the same as playing uh -huh. one of these games. I'm not entirely sure. Every time I got to, through more menus, I thought, okay, now certainly we're going to get to the part where, like, things happen, and I'm actually making decisions. That, are, But no, no, there were more menus, and um, I'm, I'm not even sure I actually got into the game proper. I got into it to the extent that I was able to select strategic targets from a war map, ah. but I couldn't figure out how to exit out of that menu uh, to actually make the game go forward. Um, I have to say that uh, this is probably the most like, seems to me like the most mechanically complex Koei game we've seen so far, more than the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, uh, more than Uncharted Waters, more than Aerobiz, more than any of them. And between the endless 
endless level of, of menus and assigning completely obscure uh, stats, uh, individual values, uh, and honestly, the, the, the setting of this game. Uh, this is the Koei game that I think broke me. I would yeet this into the sun rather than play it again. You know, and that's not fair to it. I'm sure this is a perfectly mechanically sound game. It's probably very interesting if you are, you know, a strategy wargaming person. Uh, but I am like the opposite of that, I think. And this one, this one didn't do it for me in any way. Yeah, you, you know, not to jump the gun, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to have some slightly unkind things to say about Mortal Kombat, like it. Like the early games in the series, like in general, but I welcome folks to push back on that and tell me, you know, like if there are any Mortal Kombat apologists or early Mortal Kombat apologists out there, like why this game, why these games are actually good and why they hold up as fighting games. Um, I'm honestly not interested in hearing any defenders for this game, because honestly, even if you could dumb it down for me, I just don't care. It's it's it is such it is so far outside of what I want to be doing when I am playing a video game that like no amount of dumbing it down, no amount of explaining it, no amount of like guiding me through the process of playing it will make this enjoyable for me, which, which again is, is not me saying that like these are bad games, but these are like absolutely anti fun games to me personally. Yeah, I'm with you there. I played it. I will admit I played this game in a especially bad situation for myself. I was very tired after uh, my day job. I was not feeling great physically. And um, I I figured I would crack this game open and, and see how it was. And just immediately everything about it was was just like, I I don't know what this is. And I don't know short of like buying because like the the instruction manual for this game does explain in some detail how it works but i honestly don't know that i think that's enough to really get you started on any of the like scenarios in this game um so uh i think you would need like some kind of third party explainer whether that's a person or like a strategy guide or something to really come to grips with everything that's going on in this game and uh yeah uh, it it you know it it repelled me like a like a like a a magnetic force field yeah so i am really sorry if you are the kind of person who is super into these games and and wanted to hear what we would think about them if if we were into them but we're just not so we are going to um like with the sports games with most sports games anyway we are not going to be talking about koei games anymore other than just paying them lip service when they come up and playing with power episodes um we are probably going to get rid of most if not all of the koei games from the list there might be a couple like inendo and aerobiz that i think we understood enough to leave up but other than that i think they're all going to yeah, be gone from the list because really we are just not the people to try and give any sort of analysis about nah. these games merits because they're just not our thing at no. all. And uh, <laughs> other than that, like I, I saw on, on the Wikipedia page, apparently you can, you can play as the Japanese in this game, you which sure is can. weird. 
That's that's the Snescapades difference. We will find a way to make it about leftist politics. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's move on to something like a little bit better. Let's talk about I guess let's now talk about Mortal Kombat, right? Yeah, let's talk about Mortal Kombat. Definitely nothing political has ever happened with Mortal Kombat. So you're saying that as if it's very true that something political has happened with Mortal Kombat, but I actually don't know what you're referring to. Well, I mean, Mortal Kombat is kind of the reason why we've got an ESRB in a way. Like, oh, you're talking. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, duh, yeah, duh. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I don't know why I was thinking about like, oh man, did somebody involved in Mortal Kombat say some some bad stuff at some point? Oh no, uh, no, no. I, I don't think. I mean, anybody... I guess there was the whole Ronda Rousey thing that was bad. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Oh, but God. but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that's kind of getting us off topic here, <laughs> I guess. But uh, but yeah, you're right. Of course. Uh, why am I forgetting about the ESRB thing, the, the hearings, all of that? Uh, that's a huge part of the history of this game and of games in this time period. This is Mortal Kombat. Y'all know what Mortal Kombat is. It was developed by Midway, um, who now exists as NetherRealm Studios. They uh, they made this game. They made this game Mortal Kombat. It's a fighting game. That was a smart thing to do back in the day because fighting games were really taking off after Street Fighter 2 basically, um, you know, lit arcades, arcades on fire. Basically, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the opposite of lighting them on fire kind of saved them. Yes. You know, this is not the first time we've seen, you know, like a, a video game in which you've got digitized sprites. You've got actual photographs of actors that were taken uh, to sort of put the game together. But I don't think it was ever done quite as well. Um, I mean, cer certainly not to the degree that they did it here, where like at the end of the, the arcade game, there's essentially like a cast roll call where they show all of the the uh, sprites for the characters and they have like a, a list of who, quote unquote, played them. And then they all do like kind of a curtain call, you know, uh, they're really foregrounding that these are like real people digitized for this game, which kind of which kind of makes sense, because this was originally uh, a, a uh, the, the genesis of this project was uh, a Jean-Claude Van Damme fighting game that did not end up happening. Uh, so that was that was going to be the original thing that ended up becoming Mortal Kombat once the Van Damme business fell through. So, yeah. So other than the, the digitized sprites, the other thing that really set this game apart was the blood and the violence. Um, everybody just gushed buckets of blood whenever they would get hit. Guckets. And then it's guckets. Guckets. <laughs> It sounds like it sounds like a slime product that Nickelodeon released. It does. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm kind of surprised they didn't try to do something like that, like a red slime with like bits in it called guckets. Uh, that that might have been too. That might have been too visceral for Nickelodeon. Maybe. I don't know. maybe I, I yeah, don't they would have gone. with yeah. that. But well, no, I, th I think it could have been a Mortal Kombat tie in. Product, oh, oh, honestly, mm. that's what I'm saying is, you know, OK, I don't really remember if they did like action figures or anything, but I feel like they really could have gotten in on like the 90s goop craze. Yes. Uh, by by doing guckets, uh, uh, guckets. Um, anyway, so so you got you got your blood, you got your fatalities, you got your your digitized actors. Um, so how is the game? I So here's kind of what I was alluding to before. 
I don't think these games are very good as fighting games because all of the characters have the same basic move set. No matter who you select on that character select screen, if you crouch and hit high punch, you're going to do an uppercut. If you hit back and low kick, you're going to do a leg sweep. The only thing differentiating them is their special moves, and even then, they're kind of similar. Everybody basically has a projectile and something that will, you know, kind of move them forward quickly usually some of them are a little different but yeah like basically yeah you're right i hadn't actually thought about that aspect of it before but yeah even the special moves function very similarly across characters yeah the only two who are really unique in that aspect are like sub-zero and scorpion who their projectiles have you know effects that go beyond just the you know well it, it hits you and it does damage but yeah as a fighting game this feels pretty stale like there's there's no um, unique movesets to any of the characters like there were already baked into Street Fighter 2, which is what made it such a, a fun, uh, competitive fighting game was, was the asymmetry of it all. Uh, yeah. Mortal Kombat is an incredibly symmetrical fighting game at this point. And, you know, and, and again, this is where, you know, I would be curious to hear if anybody says like, well, actually, no, there's there's some differences or actually here's what makes it a good fighting game. I would be curious to know, like, if there are any early Mortal Kombat apologists out there. Um, you know, like what it is about these games that would actually make them viable as like a competitive fighting game. I, I really think that Mortal Kombat was relying heavily on the digitized graphics and the blood to, you know, and, and I mean, thank goodness, because it's blossomed into a great fighting game series. Yeah, no, Mortal Kombat's kind of an interesting case where like there was sort of a real, I think, like you, you're saying here, a really sort of gimmicky sort of thing that brought it to prominence at first. But then kind of once you, you know, once you give those the, the people who made the game like the opportunity to to make more of it, it turns out they actually had ideas. And, you know, the game, you know, I mean, it's it's very rare for a game series to still be made by, you know, effectively the same core creative team, uh, you know, 30 years later, but yeah, here we are. And honestly, yeah, Mortal Kombat remains very popular now because it's one of the better fighting game series that, that exists, you know, full stop, uh, in like mechanical terms and, you know, what they're doing with like production value and stuff. So, you know, uh, it's interesting. Uh, not always, not always the thing that happens. Um, you know, I will say one thing that probably did help in some way with this game differentiate it from Street Fighter is, is, you know, that that shared moveset across characters makes it really approachable. Not, I think, actually to the game's detriment, because I think you do get bored with this faster than Street Fighter, um, because there's not much in the way of like mechanical depth or difference between characters. But I think it probably went hand in hand with, you know, the really eye catching visuals that anybody could like step up to this game and basically have the same experience, no matter which character they decided to, to play as. Uh, but yeah, I think it does ultimately make the game feel really thin. And as like, a, you know, if you want to play a, a fighting game for like a long period of time, this is not really the one you'd want to go to just because of how basic it is in so many ways. You know, I, I do just kind of want to um, add to that, though, because I think actually you hit on something here that is kind of interesting. I hadn't thought about but like that makes this a great game for kids. Yeah, honestly, exactly. Like, it made it this, a great game for kids, and that's who the fans of this were, right? 
Yeah, oh yeah, because like as a kid, you were like, oh, I'm gonna play Mortal Kombat instead of Street Fighter because it's so much more mature because there's all the blood. Yeah, the but blood actually, it's a mature. much, it's a much less mechanically, uh, you know, yeah. uh, interesting and and involved game than Street right. Fighter. But like yeah. you, you felt like it was, you know, you were playing like a, a like a rated R action movie that, that yeah, you weren't supposed to go yeah. see. Like you were getting away with something when you put that right. quarter in the arcade, and you were doing something you knew your parents wouldn't approve of, but you were mm-hmm. going to do it anyway because your parents were reading the newspapers and they knew, oh, that Mortal Kombat, that's that is a bad game, and and you shouldn't yeah. play it. That's right. So, yeah, you know, so that that was why, like, yeah, Mortal Kombat was great for. For kids because you know it was simple to, to pick up and play and, and you were doing something naughty that's right i think you just i think that basically encapsulates the entire core appeal of Mortal um, i will say one other thing that you know where, where i do want to give Mortal Kombat kudos is with the Goro character, like doing a clay model of yeah, he this looks character. great. Honestly, he, he looks yeah, he looks amazing. And honestly, like he's such a great intimidating character that I think the choice to make him the sub boss was a big mistake because mm-hmm. then like who are you fighting after that? You're fighting an old guy whose main gimmick is that he can turn into all the other fighters that you've yeah. presumably already beaten at this point. Yeah, um, meaning well, he's not nearly as intimidating. Uh, yeah, or, or as menacing. And I mean, I, I think a part of I, I think you can you can see like the thought process there for why he's the ultimate fi- why Shang Tsung is the ultimate final boss because of that that whole like oh he can have all the characters moves and and also there's the the thing where this game is like really heavily inspired specifically by uh, Big Trouble in Little China and you know the the main villain of that is essentially just. He looks exactly like Shang Tsung. So I can see how, you know, that's where you draw the inspiration from. That's how you end up with that guy as the main villain. But yeah, he's so much less than Goro. Uh, and it is really weirdly anticlimactic when you play through this game and you you fight Goro. He gets like a cool introduction where he just sort of jumps into the match after the last uh, endurance match that you have to play in the single player. And, you know, it's like, all right, here we go. I'm fighting Goro. And then it stops, and in like the same arena, like you you end up fighting Shang Tsung. And it's like, oh, yeah. okay. That's I mean, imagine fine, if I like, guess. imagine if Goro was somewhat hidden away from like you know the attract mode and everything yeah, else. Yeah, like, right. You fought Shang Tsung thinking you just won the tournament, and then and like then Shang Tsung's like, no, right? I, like, I've I've got a ringer for you. You have to be yeah. my champion first, and then suddenly here's right. this giant four armed thing. Like that would have been so cool. Like that, that would have been, been sick. Like, yeah, yeah. Rumor mill across playgrounds all over America. Like, like oh, you oh, gotta get the, to Goro. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get? Did you see Goro? Yeah, like I, yeah. But I anyway, mean, yeah, oh, no, go, I go, go, mention, please, please. Uh, the, the way this game's single player, uh, tournament, uh, it, it's weird. Actually, they, the single player ma- mode in this game is called tournament mode, which is the opposite of what <laughs> we would use the words tournament mode for these days. But it's actually structured in a way that is a little stranger than I remembered, where basically you fight through a roster of all of the characters that are not whoever you picked. Then you fight, uh, you know, a mirror match against your character. But then before you fight the sub boss and the main boss, you have to fight three endurance matches. And these are like, you know, you fighting two characters at, uh, you know, uh, to, basically you have to fight two characters in the same match. 
Yeah. Um, not at the same time, but you only get one life bar. And that seems like almost prohibitively hard. Like yeah. that's a ridiculous requirement. And it's not a thing that this series or any other series that I have uh, memory of ever did again. So yeah, this is a strange, a strange component of this uh, that, you know, you can tell these are people that, uh, uh, you know, are, are trying to figure out what they're doing. There's very few characters in this. There's, uh, you know, the oddity of how they, they did the, the, you know, Shang Tsung, uh, Goro thing at the end. There's some secrets in this, but they're, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I think they're fun. Like the reptile, like, like yeah. the secret character reptile. Those are very fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely still like, yeah, we're we're trying. This is like a team of like six people or something trying to make uh, uh, trying to make it a, a new thing for them. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, th- there is some stuff, you know, like having talked about it that I think you can really applaud the original Mortal Kombat for it and and recognize why, you know, like as simple as the fighting was it still had enough staying power to stick around and become yeah. this much more complex and and I think in, incredibly entertaining to watch fighting game. Yes, definitely. Um, um, but now we have been talking about this game as an arcade it, game. <laughs> yeah, we got to um, talk about the Super Nintendo port, unfortunately, which is not the way you want to be playing this game. The port was handled by Sculptured Software. Uh, and because this is Nintendo, they decided they did not want to have any blood in the game or any option to show blood. So all of the blood was taken out. The, the fatalities were um, really um, scaled back uh, so that they weren't nearly as graphic. Yeah. To the point where they don't really make sense for the most part, you know, so like we said, you have this video game that's pretty, uh, pretty thin when it comes to the actual fighting, but has, you know, these, these digitized graphics that really caught your attention and a lot of blood. Well, you take away the blood, you really scale down the graphics so that it'll work on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, what do you have left? Not much. Another real problem with it is that it plays pretty badly compared to the arcade game and also the Sega Genesis version. Like, it is much slower. It feels like there's a weird delay on all of the action. So even that, that very basic fighting is not as fun to do here. Yeah, it it feels really clunky. And I, I will say I, I, I recently had some issues with my computer. I mean, uh, my completely legitimate NES, Super yep. NES. Yep. You're very cool. Super Nintendo. Yeah. yeah but um, but even that. I, so I don't know how much of it was because of the, the technical issues. But yeah, this felt really clunky and not terribly responsive. I mean, I um, I went and played the Sega Genesis version after I spent my time with the Super Nintendo game and it feels much better, much snappier and more fun to play. Um, and I know the Super Nintendo can do fighting games that feel good to play because we've played two versions of Street Fighter 2 on this thing that feel yeah. really good. So, yeah, this is unfortunately just a, a really kind of this. This is a weird port that doesn't work very well. And I think even if you put the blood into this, this still would have felt kind of rough just purely because it, it, it misses, it misses a snappiness that uh, I think was important to Mortal Kombat being a fun game to play, even as simple as it is. 
Mortal Kombat. Not not as great a fighting game as you probably remember from your childhood. No. And this is a terrible port of that not as great as you remember game. So, yeah, I I, mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the list already trying to figure out where this one goes. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say this is like pit fighter territory. No, but, of course not. Yeah, but... but um, I don't know. I mean, we've got, let's see, I'm trying to find another fighting game on here. Well, I guess we've got power moves that that's the one with, uh, that's the one with the good guy that we liked how he, he looked in the, uh, the, the fighter portraits, right? Um, yes. Yeah, I believe so. Um, that one was okay. Yeah. Yeah, that one was. What was that? Wait, what was the fighting game that we? Did? What was the one with with Diz and Lizard? Is this that one? Oh yeah, no, that was um, uh, Doomsday Warrior. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Actually, I might say maybe this goes between somewhere between Power Moves and Doomsday Warrior, unless you yeah, think it goes think above it, sure. above Power Moves. No, I I I do not actually. Um, so where do we have? Uh, so we have Power Moves at one hundred and eighteen. Where is Doomsday Warrior? Uh, Doomsday Warrior Warrior is 134. Okay, I think this is a pretty good range for it. I do think that Doomsday Warrior uh, is a more... uh, I think there's some janky, wacky fun to that, but I don't think it's as good a game even as this version of Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say that it's, um, oh, we've got street combat in there as well at 132. I, I think oh, this yeah, goes above street, street combat. combat. I think, oh, it definitely goes yeah. above street combat. Yeah. Um, it's better than that. Um, what do you think about this in comparison to Raiden Trad, which is at 121, but I think it's like a similarly kind of somewhat botched arcade port. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got Raiden Trad versus Raiden. Oh, Raiden. I, I got nothing bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, mm, I'm, I'm unfortunately not remembering a ton about that, that right in um, port right now. It functions, but it's very choppy. Like, you know, Mortal Kombat's like weirdly slowed down and unresponsive, but it looks okay in motion. Right in trad kind of did not like it played okay, but it felt very uh, like there was something just kind of off about it. I'm looking at what's right around there as well. I th- I think because yeah this is like right in the power moves your uh, area yeah, here. Yeah, we're getting pretty close. To like it. I mean, like, do you it. think that yeah. this goes below power moves, or do you think that maybe it? I d- I do okay. think I do genuinely think it goes below power moves. Um, because yeah, I think I just genuinely had more fun playing power moves, and it didn't feel so hobbled as this does. Um, but I don't know. It maybe goes kind of like maybe like right below power moves. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I think that's fine. Yeah. So maybe make this our new 119. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Uh, but this is not the last time, obviously that we'll be talking about mortal Kombat on the system and, uh, we'll see how its fortunes, uh, go when, you know, uh, when, when, uh, the, the sequels come out. Yes. Yeah. I think we'll have more nice things to say about, Mortal Kombat 2. I mean, I've got many more fond memories of that one than I do. I do too. I do too. Um, so yeah, we'll see when that comes out. And I, I know from experience also that that is a much 
more competent port than this is. So I think it'll be a clearer runway for us to actually discuss the, you know, Mortal Kombat as a game in that case as well. So, yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, we'll, we'll probably do a spotlight on Mortal Kombat episode when we get to Mortal yeah, Kombat. Yeah, yeah, where we can kind of talk about the franchise as a whole and our memories of that, that game in particular. So. Alrighty, so we just have one more game to talk about today. That is Operation Logic Bomb. Were you expecting a puzzle game based on that title? I sure was. I was expecting <laughs> either a puzzle game or like a shooter or something. Uh, or like, 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 a, like a scrolling shooter, you know, like a, a, a Gradius style thing or something. And then uh, I turned it on and I was like, oh, yeah, this game. This is another one by Jalica, which means it's inexplicably on the uh, Switch Online. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it's available right there to play. So, yeah, so this game uh, comes to us from Jalico. This was released as part of the Ikari no Yosai series in Japan. Uh, the original Ikari no Yosai was released on the Game Boy in 1991 and was localized in North America as Fortified Zone. Ikari no Yosai 2 was also released on the Game Boy but never made it to North America. So that brings us to uh, this, the third game in the series, which is just called... Ikari no Yosai on the Super Famicom. Despite that name, this is not a remake or anything like that. This is actually a second sequel. Uh, I am not sure if the localizations of the two games that made it over here uh, retained any of the series continuity, or if this is another instance of subsequent Jalico games and franchises being scrubbed of their connected plot I, elements. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we do have a precedent for that with Jalico, actually. So, yeah. Yes, yeah, if this is anything like the Rushing Beat series, which, I mean, honestly, like, it would make sense because they don't put a lot of the story in the games themselves. No, a lot of it yeah. is just kind of in the instruction right. manuals. So, yeah, mm -hmm. pretty sure that this is um, that this is not actually a sequel or not actually considered a sequel to Fortified Zone over here. But, but in any case, um, this is a top-down shooter where you play as a cyborg named Logan. Agent Logan. Yes. Uh, you are, a, you have been sent into a laboratory where things are going weird because, um, aliens or po perhaps robots from another dimension or from virtual reality, yeah, I'm not, not entirely not sure clear. which, um, uh, are infiltrating our world and are, uh, making things all weird and such. So Logan got to go fix it. Yep. And he going to fix it with some yep. guns. Very different guns that uh, you get most of pretty early on. And, uh, you know, that's that's what you do in this game. You move through pretty similar looking environments, fighting guys who are either robots or just in armor until you get to the end of the stage um, by opening various doors with switches. You blow up uh, you blow up power stations as you go along. Uh, sometimes you get these little, you know, memory downloads that will either give you maps for the area or will show you uh, flashbacks to the lab getting invaded. Uh, most of those are kind of designed to show you what the uh, the strategy for fighting the, the upcoming boss is going to be, which I don't know that you really need that much of because they're all just big robot crabs that you fight kind of the same way. So, 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, here's yeah. a giant enemy crab. Here's um, an even bigger giant enemy crab. Uh, yeah. This one's blue. You get um, you get five different weapons. The game kind of front loads all the weapons pretty early on. You start with two of them, and then you uh, get a uh, so you start with a, like a a rapid fire gun and a spread gun. Uh, I found the spread gun really useful because I could just kind of like get into a position where the enemies couldn't fire directly at me, but I could still hit them with my spread. Uh, you also get a uh, ricochet gun. You get a flamethrower, which I found really useful, and. Yeah. You also get missiles, which I must have missed, uh, but I, I think they are hidden in the first area somewhere. Uh, but you gotta, you gotta go a little bit off the beaten path to find those. But that's pretty much your lot, other than a couple of uh, other pieces of equipment. Yeah, you get like a decoy machine that lets you set up like a like a total recall style like uh, hologram of yourself to distract enemies, and you also get some grenades. But that's pretty much it. Uh, and yeah, you know, the, the levels kind of crisscross back and forth over each other. So sometimes you'll have to, like, take a teleporter back to uh, an earlier part of the level. Uh, I believe it's all sort of self-contained like that. I don't know that you actually have to go back to other levels specifically to progress. But uh, maybe you do, actually, because the levels in this mostly look very similar. So it's very hard for me to tell, like, when you're actually in one versus another. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a relatively short game and it's pretty straightforward. I think it kind of um, kind of reminds me of the top down sections in Blaster Master a little bit. Uh, even though it doesn't ca contain that game's gimmick where you get weaker, the more you get you get hit. But uh, yeah, it's a which very I, which I'm thankful for. I mean, me too. I don't really like that in, in Blaster Master. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I this game kind of feels like it would it would play better if it was a twin stick shooter, but it's not. And that, that's OK. Like, it doesn't need to be like it's functional as is, but yeah, it's. Um, it, it it compensates for that a little bit by letting you lock in your firing position yes. by holding L or R, which is cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that is good. That's an important part of how this game works. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's fine. You know, like it's not the best of these games I've ever played, but it's not terrible. It's never particularly annoying. The graphics are decent in the way that the graphics in other Jalico games have been. Uh, but yeah, there's I don't really know that I have like a ton of ton to say about this one yeah i mean i was kind of ready to come in and give this a pretty glowing review but honestly like knowing that i pretty much was already kitted out by the first level and and kind of you know the knowledge that like oh i wasn't going to get any stronger than that or i wasn't going to have any other fun tools to play around with except for the the decoy and the and the mines that i think you get later on um you know that made me wonder if maybe this would feel start feeling like a slog after the first couple of levels. Uh, also a little bit disappointing that uh, the game has limited continues so that you can't, you know, just yeah. sort of keep going, keep trying to get through the level that you're on or save your progress or anything like that. But at least like you say, like there's no ammo to worry about. You don't get weaker as you get hit, which is nice. Um, there are, you know, stations where you can refill your health as well. So, the, you know, and, it, it's, and it's kind of well-balanced. It's kind of well-balanced. And I mean, even though it is a bummer about the limited continues, the, the continue system is a, in a way a little bit generous because it doesn't really, it, it puts you back at the start of the level, but it doesn't reset everything about the level. So like enemies you already killed are still dead. 
and and whatnot. And, um, you know, so that's that's kind of a nice thing about the continue system. It's like basically it's like the idea is that you have exited the level and are now going back in. But everything you did in the level is still is still that way uh, and until you game over like your final time. So. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of nice. And I mean, it's not it's not a tremendously long game. It's like a 10 level game, you know, so you could potentially just like do some runs at this and get through it, you know, eventually in about I think the long play that's on YouTube is about like 40 minutes long. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's good, but I wish it had more going on or that it may be like you know, didn't give you all of the weapons right off the bat, just so that there was a little bit more of a sense of progression to it. Yeah, it almost made me think of like, oh, what if Soul Blazer was a shooter? Except that like, it doesn't have any of the fun story beats that Soul Blazer has, you know, like this, the story that you get is only it's very basic shown yeah. to you. And yeah, yeah it, it's very basic. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's all right. I would definitely say that, like you know, if you've got the Nintendo Switch Online stuff, yeah, you should play just it. Kind of, yeah, if you've just kind of gone past that game because it just seems unassuming, or you've barely paid attention to the fact that it's even there, give it a try. It's not going to ruin your weekend to, to try it out. It, it, it's pretty fun, but yeah, it's it's also pretty limited as well. And uh, I yeah, don't know, that w- it makes this one kind of hard to rank because like it kind of does. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just you know. It, it could have been more than this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I, I feel better about this than I do about the other two games we played this week. Definitely. Oh so. yeah. By, by a wide margin. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of the, like I would definitely play this before I would play like desert strike return to the Gulf again at 71. Mm-hmm. For yeah. Example. Fair. Um, yeah, I'm looking at what's what's sort of, you know, above that in the, the list here. Um, I don't know. What do you think about kind of like the uh, like the 60s, like uh, the Evo search for Eden, um, super double dragon sort of range? Um, I think I would definitely put it below Evo. I don't think it's as it's, it's not uh, as interesting as Evo, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Evo's got. Um, OK, Evo's so a very y- unique thing. So, you know what? I actually would. I think I I would put this around Super Smash TV, but below it. Uh, where is Super Smash? That's TV? at 65. We actually ranked it yeah. surprisingly highly, I feel like. Yeah, we did. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, like. Because the one of the first things I thought of when I booted this game up was like, oh, it's like Smash TV, but good <laughs> okay you know what fair I, uh yeah you know yeah. i was just thinking like i like the pace of smash tv better i like the co-op aspect of it better but i think the levels in this are probably more interesting like the progression through the levels is more interesting and yeah the, the, the fact you know, that like i don't have to worry about my ammo is a pretty big thing that is me, nice because, like and I actually that being a, a big problem in smash tv where you would have to have a specific weapon in order to take down certain yeah bosses that's true and to, the bosses in that yeah. game are real bullet sponges too so actually that is a real thing that this game has over it so yeah you know what i think you've talked me into this being better than smash tv yeah. super smash tv honestly like if you took this engine and made like a smash tv like game out of it you'd have a great game right there i think that's true yeah yeah. i think that's very true um well okay so let's go up from smash tv then we're kind of got a a nice little range here between 
Evo and Smash TV. Yeah, and really, like, I don't even know if I would put this above Super Double Dragon. So, like, it might even be more narrow than that. Yeah. What do you think of that? Okay. I think that's fair. I like Super Double Dragon, uh, especially once we went back to it. I kind of appreciated the way that game played quite a bit. And I like, you know, that that it is a, a co-op game as well, uh, which is good for that genre. Um, what do you think about it and Batman Returns? That's tough. I remember Batman Returns being, again, like it's it's all right. Like just like this is a top down shooter that's all right. Batman Returns is a a brawler that's all right. But I feel like I kind of hit a wall in certain places with Batman Returns in a way that like I felt like I could have made another go at Operation Logic Bomb and probably done a yeah. little better each time. Or like with Batman Returns, I'm not sure that like another round through that would have helped me like beat Catwoman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Well, okay, so uh, what do you think about making this our new number 63 game between Super Double Dragon and Batman Returns? Time for it. All right, let's do it. I do just want to say that naming your, like, badass, like, cyborg hero Agent Logan is the most 90s, like, image comics sort of move they could have done with this game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's very funny to me. His name is Logan. Codename Wolf Marine. That's right. <laughs> a completely original character. I mean, like, you know, come on, he didn't have claws or anything. So no, like no. But, but but they they definitely didn't accidentally pick they the They definitely the name did Logan. not, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> folks, that's gonna do it. Um a little bit lackluster today. That's but okay. Yeah, hey, Operation Logic Bomb. That one was that's all a good right. game, it, honestly. Uh better than I would have expected before we played it. So Yep. And and you, there's a good chance any one of you listening probably has yeah. access to it. So give it, give, give it, it, give a, it a shot. Yeah. And also, you know what? I'm just happy we will never have to talk about another Koei game ever again. God, seriously. No, this one truly was the end of it for me. I was like, I cannot do this anymore with these these Koei games. So. So so they're all gone. Koei does not even exist as far as the show is concerned yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, but um, what does exist is going to be the, the next episode. Yeah. And, what do we got? Um, we've got uh, this one's going to be interesting. We've got Plock. Oh, OK. Yeah. I've been waiting for this one for a while. I'm curious about it. I've never played Plock before. So, yep. Um, we've got we've got Redline F1 Racer. Maybe. Mm, maybe. We'll see. We'll, we will see. Um, we got Rock and Roll Racing. That is a racing game we will definitely be playing. That's a good one. Yeah, that's that's exciting. Yeah. So uh, I guess if we don't have Redline Racer, then maybe we've got Rocky Rodent. Okay, cool. <laughs> Redline Racer, Rocky Rodent. Redline Racer, Rocky Rodent. Okay, it totally works. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a there's like a Twitter account or something that's like just dedicated to yes, like there is. things that will work in that in, in the <laughs> in cadence that, of singing them yes. like the yeah, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I think uh, I think that's going to do it for today. We will see you all next time. We hope you're having a good one. We hope you all are staying safe, staying cool, as, as cool as you possibly yep. can. Yeah. Um, as, as I am slowly melting in my office right now. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I got to turn this fan back on after we're done for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. But uh, uh, anyway, yeah, as always, you can find me on um, Yes Twitter or Instagram at Snescapades if you feel so inclined. Uh, feel free to say hi. Tell, tell us uh, how you're doing and uh, how you think we're doing. Uh, until then, uh, until next time, rather, uh, I am Emmy Zero. I'm Steve Punkway. Play it loud.
Our intro-outro song is How Now Brown Cow by Technoaxe, who very generously offers a ton of great music for free and royalty-free at technoaxe.com. That's T-E-K-N-O-A-X-E dot com.